What's up, everybody? Jim and Chris here to talk genre movie news. Uh, welcome back to the Keeping It Real Keeping podcast. It real. We're sans Roth this week. She's yeah. on vacation. And getting good for her. And you know? she's in Hawaii, soaking just up, as Aloha is opening to really horrible reviews, including our very own Max Nicholson, Panned It, a Cameron Crowe movie, getting panned. You know, Aloha also Elizabeth means had. goodbye. So well, that was his little that was his little catchphrase. Well, I guess I as in don't go see it. I'm not original. So I haven't seen the movie though, but I have not heard anything good about it. So the, even the trailers, like even mm. the marketing, has been really um, it's been really low key. Yeah. It, there's a lot of talent in that movie. A great cast. I mean, you got Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Future ex Mrs. Vavita, Rachel McAdams, <laughs> uh, Bill Murray, Alec Baldwin, Danny McBride, and and blew it. I'm apparently. really really excited to see Rachel McAdams in uh, True, True Detective. Detective. It looks awesome. I can't like, wait. I think it's a good direction for her to All go. All of those right actors now. needed that. Yeah, I agree. Colin Farrell, uh, Vaughn, he looks great. He's also dropped a ton of weight too. He, like, he looks super like. I don't know. I don't know who's evil in this. But kind of feel like everybody's partially evil. He's got kind of that uh, the the kingpin vibe to him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. That. But uh, let's. Uh, that's the most we've ever talked about Aloha <laughs> on this podcast. So uh, so anyways, let's dive into the week that was in movie news. Um, and wouldn't you know it? I didn't write down the damn box office numbers, but I think I remember it close enough. Uh, Tomorrowland, it topped the box office, but kind of disappointing. It was around $40 million. Yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot to look it up. Not a huge know. surprise, actually, that Tomorrowland wasn't, uh, you know... It really mixed reviews. Didn't really blow up huge. I feel it, like the, it, it, the, it was... It grabbed me in anything I saw. Everything about it was a little bit tentative, I felt like. Yeah. And, um, and then just people who did see it and loved it, they were like, I love the positivity of this movie, but I didn't really get a vibe of, like super like quality it was everybody was saying it's pretty good or yeah. it's like well, not great yeah. there were you know? a few people that were really had the knives up but for me you know and i think they just dogpiled on damon lindelof it's like anything he's involved with now the haters come out but yeah he's actually a really nice guy but yeah i i haven't liked everything he's done but uh, and he and you know to be fair to defend him a little bit he's made some amazing things it's not like yeah. it's not like everything he's made yeah. is, is like crap so yeah and, exactly and I, I feel like even the things that are misses for him aren't like horrible misses they're just kind of like yeah. eh, you know well, this the is a little vanilla blows everything out of proportion yeah. but uh, go figure I would say that um, you know variety brought up you know does this speak to an originality problem in Hollywood tabling the fact that of course Tomorrowland is based on existing IP, it's a Disneyland uh, or a, a Disney theme park attraction. But, you know, it is, it's a little disheartening that it didn't perform better if only because it was something that wasn't a sequel, wasn't yeah. a reboot. Sure, it was a theme park attraction, but it's not like there were characters or anything from that that you could kind of base it right. on. It was just the, so did the idea of it. I got a real Super 8 vibe from it, you know, but I yeah, think Super bit. 8 was probably... A little more successful and a little bit more critically acclaimed, yeah. but it, you know, like it, it was that same thing. It was like IP, it, like the IP was new, but it was mm. kind of like revisiting territory. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, ultimately, and that was not a surprise to me. Pitch Perfect wasn't a surprise to me. Yeah, that it was going to claim. I, I thought the, the the people on Twitter who were like, "Oh, Pitch Perfect is a one and done. It'll drop it." I'm like, <laughs> you don't understand how people go yeah. to see movies or yeah. or the or how it breaks down because. Pitch Perfect's 
has far more of a broad-based appeal than a lot of the movies that, you know, and we gave it a great review, Pitch Perfect 2, I liked it, it was cute. Um, but, you know, the kind of, the bread and butter movies of us, like the Mad Maxes and all that, um, you know, they're, they're a little bit more, they are more limited in scope. How are you feeling about movies. Mad Max after week two? Like, how are you feeling about its chances for success and the chances for I a sequel now? I think it's it's got a fighting chance at, at you know, having a long-term uh, good rep for, like, it did solid, but it's not gonna, it's gonna really struggle to, to make a decent wage here in the States. Right. Um, I think it'll, it's been doing fine overseas. I was hoping really more for like kind of that Kingsman level of snowball success. Yeah. But Kingsman really stuck around, but, and we talked about this last week. I, I really, I, I just think they should have opened it at a, a different season. Yeah. There's not enough breathing room for a movie like that. Whereas something like Pitch Perfect 2, it's got more elbow room. There's less things competing for that. I, I feel, demo. it's a weird summer because in the middle of the summer, it kind of feels like things are just, weirdly stagnant at the box office, you know? It's just, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's... Oh, this a, was definitely a, a very bad Memorial Day weekend. It was, yeah. I think, the worst in, like, seven years or something. It's really chill, and I feel like that's, that's like, well, I mean, we've got stuff coming up that's going to be bigger, but, mm. you know, it's not, it's not like a summer like next summer is going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and this year, actually, I was like, oh, man, there's so much big stuff this year, but... A lot it's of it's to really look at it. Yeah. yeah, you stop and look at it. It's like Star Wars at the end of the year. Yeah, there's Ant Man left at the end of the summer. It's like Star Wars. It's yeah. a ways I mean, away though. Basically, yeah. It, it I feel like the year kind of uh, almost like began and ended with like uh, Furious Seven and then Star Wars and then oh, you and had Avengers. And well, everything. yeah, Furious Seven, Avengers. That was the summer to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this almost much. feels like August. Well, and they're like, saying that Jurassic World is is. Uh, tracking to open at a hundred million. That's true. But there was, um, I think it was like an exhibitor relations or a rent track, uh, what are the box office tracking uh, agencies? And I'm paraphrasing him, but he said something like a hundred million dollar opening is sexy, but it's not gonna pay the bills or something. So the wow. kind of thing like where you're like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just not. But, but I mean, I don't know. It's an expensive movie and, and Universal though has been, they've had a great year so far. I'm not worried about that movie at all. I think that movie's gonna do great here. I think it's gonna do great overseas and it's I think it's- Probably even better, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, just a franchise, another franchise for Chris Pratt, you know, yeah. I think, I think it's gonna, and you know, like, I, I think the buzz on it that I've heard so far has been pretty positive, yeah. so um, I have high hopes We can't tell you it. who we know that's seen it, but it's not us. Yeah, it's definitely not we're us. we're hearing good things. But yeah, I have heard some good things about it, and, and you know, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I want this movie to be awesome, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I don't want Pratt to just have the one sort of thing he can fall back on. He's a really affable, likable actor. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, we also have Terminator still this summer, and yeah. I'm curious about things like Spy as well, you know, like, mm. Will that will that like grab people? It's that's also supposed to be a pretty good movie. Yeah, and, I saw um, it actually. I saw it at CinemaCon and oh, I, right. I liked it. Yeah, and, and uh, I believe Lucy O'Brien, our AU editor, uh, reviewed it. She gave it a good review. Um, yeah, I think that one's actually going to do well because it's they're selling it as action comedy, and Melissa McCarthy is you know she's definitely a, uh, even though she's had her her misses yeah. uh, creatively, her movies do well. 
She's great at physical comedy, which this role is going to require because it's basically an action movie with comedy. She actually has a couple of fight scenes, and she's good. In yeah, yeah. And 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 <laughs> so. and the other thing about it is that I feel like it's a pretty. It, from what I've heard, it's it sounds like a pretty well balanced movie. There's yeah, like a kind of a thing. good. Got, I mean, Rose Byrne is great, and Jason Statham is hilarious, and it and who'd have ever said that <laughs> Jude Law's good in it you know and it's from the director of Bridesmaids and the Heat so I think yeah I think Spy is going to do well um, I, I think Terminator is a huge question mark I, I'm just not yeah. sensing the love for that one and yeah we'll see Arnold has just been not on a roll it's another one of those movies though that like are the US box office domestic box office may not matter at yeah. all for that it might just be like okay in China it does a billion dollars worth a yeah, year exactly and here that. it's like you know or Keeps not the food on the table you know here it's like 180 million or something yeah. which I think would be like not a success well, necessarily. San Andreas here. too is one of those, and that's opening up this weekend. And it's The Rock, and uh, another positive review. So all you folks saying you guys pan every movie, oh, nope. <laughs> go, go actually look at a review index. Uh, that's tracking. I think I want to say it's like tracking the 40s. Yep. Which, if you think about it, for a movie that expensive, isn't that kind of on the low end? But yeah. it's getting decent word of mouth, and I think. That's all sheer spectacle, which translates overseas. Yeah. yeah. Another one that... They're going to um, love seeing America just get torn to pieces. <laughs> I'm like so digging myself back out of this this statement I made earlier. Like, oh, there's not much coming out anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inside Out is going to do huge numbers yeah. as well this Ted summer. Ted 2. Um, Ted 2 as well. I think Inside Out is going to be one of those movies that you talked about where it's yeah. going to just stick around and stick around oh, yeah, and stick yeah. around because people are going to want to you know, like see it over and over. Frozen or something. And it's also like, I, I loved it... Um, uh, we have the review up on the site, another positive review. I'm kind of repeating myself here a lot, but uh, I loved it, and I think it's um, it's definitely, it's, uh, geez, Pete Docter is just, he's fantastic. On a roll, man. Uh, all his movies, uh, I, I love, Up is still my favorite um, Pixar movie, but this one is their most clever, and it's uh, it's a really, it's a really great film that, you know, it's, 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 more than just for kids, adults are really going to dig it. I think when Roth is back around Inside Out, let's talk about our favorite and least favorite Pixar movies yeah, because I think that's sure, that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, no, Pixar is uh, just—I got to say—they—they are—they have been a, a really great force for like original storytelling. Yeah, kind of bring us back to Rent Tomorrowland, but they built their brand on being original. And yeah, sure, they—they they knew when to make a sequel and when not to. Uh, in some cases, maybe. <laughs> pull their punch on a couple of those sequels but yeah I kind of wish they had made Incredibles a little earlier you know I think yeah. that one could have used it in an earlier sequel and I'm ex I'm really excited about the Dory movie too but I yeah. love Finding Nemo and I would have loved to see a sequel like sooner than this it's yeah. fine though like there's a there's a generational change now I mean those movies came out quite a while ago if they're in the business of just making good original stuff I say go for it we'll get our yeah. sequels when we get them um, but you know I it's just the fan in me that wants stuff you know like right away incredible so good Lasseter too uh, you know he's he's helped inspire you know he also runs Disney animation proper now they're more mainstream one and you know between Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph and Tangled and now they have I believe it's pronounced Moana with The Rock yeah it. Um, so good you know so they, they're definitely they're back in the game too um, so yeah when Roth gets back we'll, we'll talk more in depth about uh, all things Pixar yeah I think that's a worthy conversation Chris for sure Carl. Uh, let's talk about uh, comic book movies because that's <laughs> that's a lot our of butter. What, that's <laughs> our butter. Um, 
Let's talk. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's getting a reboot. Oh, boy. Yeah, the producer oh, of Predator boy. and a bunch of other things, John Davis. I'll tell you this. Yeah. It's already got a reboot. It's on TV. It's yeah. called Penny Dreadful. Watch it. We don't it need a really movie. does. I mean, we like, don't need a movie. Basically, Timothy Dalton is the quarter main character, and, yeah. and uh, um, uh, sexy uh, Ava Green. Yeah, yeah, and she's like the Mina Harker. Character. I mean, well, there's actually a Mina Harker in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but true. you know, she is she is that sort of surrogate. You've got Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. You've got essentially. I don't want to. Actually, I'm not going to spoil it. You've got a lot of these archetypes, you know, yeah. of of characters. Dorian Gray is in it, so it is kind of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, Dorian Gray was in the LXG movie, and it's done right. It's yeah. done right. It's done gritty, gothic. You know, I think I, I I would be curious to see what Alan Moore would say about it because he's He'd you know such a, cur- oh, oh, he's such a such a curmudgeon about Penny oh, Dreadful. Yeah. He's yeah. such a curmudgeon, but I think you know he would respect to this. I mean, if you haven't watched Penny Dreadful. I can't recommend it more highly. I think it's like one of the best shows on TV right now. It's really well um, done. Just really just smart. It's done by John Logan. And Sam Mendes was involved in the yeah. early stuff. It's know? just really, it's really, really well done. Last time I was in London, weirdly, on separate occasions, I saw Josh Hartnett because it huh. shoots in, I mean, it shoots partially in London at least. Yeah. Um, and I saw Josh Hartnett like in, in his, you know, sort of like, Facial hair and stuff for yeah. the movie, like just kicking around Soho. So it's kind of interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, how how then? How do you reboot something that has such a tarnished? And I like it's the rough, first forty man. minutes of of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I love the old comics, but you know, even if they pull it off, you know, the best case, uh, uh, the the best version of a really tarnished comic book movie getting another shot was Dread. Yeah, and it tanked, absolutely yep. tanked. Didn't because I feel well. like in the in yes, marketing aside, all that, but in the public mind, it's associated with a stinker. Yeah, how do you turn that ship around? With something like this. I don't know. I mean, for this one, I I almost say call it something different. You know, yeah. you back yourself out of that corner. Don't yeah. call it something that everybody is like. You know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did all kinds of things wrong. One of them was making it. I just think there was this like really flashy sheen to it. You know, that yeah. two thousand movies look yep. that so many things had. It was almost like Triple X, but with yeah. League yeah. of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So they had that LXG that they did, and and then yeah, and they also looked like had, it was made for a Taco and Bell they, cup. And it did. It it did have to, of course, the arbitrary American character, and they make it Tom Sawyer and. Yeah, and it didn't need any of that stuff, yeah. you know. Um, I think what the you whole do thing is just reeked of like studio notes. Yeah, you step back and you say, "What made it great?" This is why I brought up Penny Dreadful, and it's like, you know, it was a lot. I don't want to use the word gritty because it's a, it was a little more visceral. That's like the mm. comic was more visceral. Yeah, and it was it, 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 and it respected the literary traditions a little bit and more. It re- and it and it acknowledged the the more, uh, the, the attitudes, racial and otherwise, of its time and. And it it wasn't afraid to be what it of the time that it, it was based on, you know. My main problem with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I think, is that it kind of insulted the intelligence of the of the core audience. Yeah, um, the movie. I mean, yeah. The movie did. Yeah, because you know these 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 characters are from literary history, yeah. so you don't necessarily have to do all these like origins and unpack yeah. all that stuff. It's just like let's Vemma go for still it. Stands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the one the one concept I really liked was the ship that they were in. You know, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that like, kind of was like knifing through the city and stuff. See, a lot of people cite that as the scene where they're like they checked out. 
Like the minute they put the Nautilus going through the Venice canals. I mean, yeah, you can't imagine it was actually happening in, in <laughs> yeah. around, but I like that as a visual, you know? And yeah. I mean, I think if you go back and watch it, it, the, event, it was the fact CG that they doesn't had a car. Oh, yeah. That was the thing. And it wasn't just anything. It was a friggin' roadster, and they were like, yeah, it was too much. I didn't. I also didn't like the, the hide effect. You know, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that, and I yeah. just it was, it was like so effects heavy that and and so not the era for those effects to be done. It, it, right? it reminded me of some of the the mummy movies in that regard, where it's like, hey, at the time you thought, oh, maybe this is, and it just doesn't age well. But here's what I could learn, not only from the comic, but from things like Penny Dreadful: make it more practical, mm-hmm. make it make shoot on actual sets, um, you know, make make the story. Uh, doesn't have to be as huge as that story was. Yeah. You know, like, we're not talking about assembling the Avengers necessarily. It was kind of the Avengers at that time, but it can just be a plot like young Sherlock Holmes where yeah. it's like you're just taking down a cult or something in that well, city. Well, the producer of this movie uh, um, just worked with Guy Ritchie on that Man From U.N.C.L.E. movie. And oh, I wonder, yeah. like, Guy Ritchie, if you look at, like, the first Sherlock Holmes, that kind of was what Alex yeah. Sheik could have been like or should have been like maybe. yeah um and that was a great movie and i think yeah. even the second one was good it was yeah. possible is are they even making a third one of those i don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. it's gonna like I mean, get scuttled right at this like, point. yeah um the uh i i had an idea of uh, either guillermo del toro mm. i can't because he needs one more thing in this fight <laughs> and or uh i mean uh or um andy circus directing and Ooh. doing Performance capture, Mr. Hyde. I'll throw something out in the mix. What about Alex Proyas? Kind of going back to like some some darker roots. Um, I would love to see him do that. Nicolas Cage with this. I mean, we could get (laughs) Nicolas Cage and Alex G. I would actually, I would really, really love a redemptive Nicolas Cage performance in a big movie. You know, like I think, I think he's snowed in the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, so maybe something like that. But he's he's had all these indie roles where like. That's where he kind of gets to act, and then he does the big sort of paycheck roles. It's like he has acting chops; he can do it. He's, yeah. I mean, he's great and kick-ass. I think that's the last yeah. thing I really liked him in. Yeah. Um, but like, I would love to see him in a big movie where everybody's just like, yes. Yeah. Or something like True Detective. Yeah. Where he gets actually, to week yeah, in and I week think, out do something good. I, I think yeah, actually, I think maybe uh, we should do a piece on like actors that really should go to TV. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's funny. We called it kind of. We said Colin Farrell should go to HBO. Yeah. And uh, we didn't think of Vince Vaughn at the time, but I think Vince Vaughn is a good pick to go to something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he definitely, I mean, they all needed this thing. Like, Rachel, Rachel McAdams hasn't really, uh, her movie career hasn't quite gone the way I thought it would. You know, she's kind of yeah. stuck playing the stock girlfriend in a lot of rom-coms now. Yeah. She was in Sherlock Holmes, but, you know, that was, that's, you know, several years ago now. And she's in Aloha. So. Which means goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about um, some Star Wars news. We had mentioned Andy Serkis a moment ago. And wouldn't you know, today, StarWars.com revealed our first look and the name of Andy Serkis's character in The Force Awakens. And he is Supreme Leader Snoke. Snokey. Um, so yeah, I like huh. Supreme, Supreme Leader is interesting because it um, almost has... It does. It it's not necessarily political. It could be religious. Yeah, it's almost got kind of an Ayatollah vibe. Yeah. So um, if if we if we are you know we've we've surmised a bunch of times and I don't well, surmise we've speculated I should say a few times about what this 
this new order could be. And, I, you know, it could be some kind of, like, Sith worship. We've yeah. talked about that. That fits with that. Yeah, If does. that's what it is. Um, and, man, the fact that he's all mocap, again, yeah. means that he's going to be a character, you know, that... I, I, I mean, that is one of... I think they've actually done a really good job with the reveals on this. Yeah. They've paced them out. I'm just like, poor Andy Serkis will spend his whole life in a gray leotard and dots in his face. He's an awesome actor, but it's like, yep, yeah, no, we're just going to just uh, put on your PJs again. Well, oh, he's going to get to be Claw. You know, he's going to get to be Claw True. in Black Panther, it looks like. Um, and I think I think it'll start to open up for him yeah. um, as well. Uh, he's, he's definitely got a really sort of unique... Uh, and, and can be look really villainous kind of look to him. Yeah. So I think uh, I th- I'm interested in I'm interested in that. But like I'm really really happy they have him for his his his, his performance capture has been so on point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Weta did all the other performance capture. I, I can't recall if he's done performance capture for ILM or not. I know that he kind of coached Mark Ruffalo on on performance capture, but I can't remember if he did any of that. I don't think he did any actual performance capture for Avengers. I, right. I could be wrong. Maybe help them with Ultron or something. I don't know. But How would you love to be? I, I would love to be Mark Ruffalo on that set getting pointers from like pretty much the predominant master yeah. of It'd performance like capture. It'd be like working with Lon Chaney back in the day and like, hey, how do I act for all this makeup? You know. I feel like there is, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, there is almost call for this is how you know this guy's good. There's almost call for a totally different acting category at the Academy Awards yeah. because of what he's kind of brought to the table in this yeah. realm. It's the marriage of sort of technology and um, you know and and performance and you know it, just just the stuff he's done in Apes alone yeah. warrants that in Gollum. I mean, yeah, so um, good. So I'm excited about it. I don't know. What do you think about the name? I think the name is silly. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna come Snoke. out and say, but you know, it's in fitting with most Star Wars names are yeah. silly, and yeah. we kind of love them. For Captain that. Phasma, you know, I mean, but it's it's yeah. got that kind of pulpy thing, and the funny thing is, when Joshua Yale sits next to me, he's our comics editor, and uh, I said, "Hey, Joshua, you know, they revealed uh, Andy Serkis's name in Star Wars. Let me guess, it's uh, Snort Snoke something." I'm like. Yeah, it, it is. And like, <laughs> he was like, wait, I literally just made grunting noises. I said, yes, Snoke is actually his name. So I'm not kidding you. He actually just blurted out the name, wow. just making up noises. It must have been in the in the cultural ether. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm... I, I think it's a silly name, but uh, I, I'm so far... I've loved everything I've seen from this movie, and I'm very optimistic. People really, really hated the name Kylo Ren when it first came on the scene, yeah. and I feel like um, I'm already okay with that name. Like, I, that, that's not one that bothers me. I think this Snoke one, might be the new Dooku. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Dooku I don't like. You know? I and mean, there are a couple, there are a couple um, Star Wars names, even from the original trilogy, that I was like, uh, or whatever try harder. Reyes, you know, it's basically three eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah, then then there were some that were just like uh, hammerhead. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Prune face. (laughs) Go for it. Wait, was it Snaggletooth or Snagglepuss? Snaggletooth. Snagglepuss is a cartoon. (laughs) Even. Snaggletooth. Heavens to Megatroid. (laughs) (laughs) Heavens to Megatroid. Yeah, Snaggletooth. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. I don't know. I, I know it'll like grow on me, and I'll be fine yeah. with it over time. And and it just sounds kind of funny now when you hear it for the first time. But 
Um, I'm more curious about what the name itself means, what the title means, not yeah. like his actual yeah, name. Yeah, they'll probably just refer to him as Supreme Leader or that. Yeah. Snoke will be on his action figure. I'm, uh, I'm glad that he's Supreme and not just a regular hard shell taco, you know? <laughs> that's right. He's one of the Supremes. That's right. <laughs> uh, we want to know what you think of Supreme Leader Snoke. And uh, and just Andy Serkis being yet another performance. Did you say character. Andy Snerkis? Andy Snerkis. Snoke him if you got him. <laughs> Snoke him if you got him. So we want to know what you think. Let us know in the comments below. Obviously, for all things Star Wars, keep it here on IGN. Yep. Uh, moving on. Oh, you know what? I'll do oh. a plug right here because oh, I want plug to. Away, sir. If you guys haven't watched, um, out of the UK, we do this show called Rebel Base. Daniel Krupa and uh, Gav, those guys do yeah, an awesome Gav job. Murphy. Um, just digging into Star Wars stuff week in and week out. So if you haven't checked that out yet, um, it's a weekly show. Um, it usually goes up, I think, on Saturdays. So if you come back to IGN on Saturdays... We have something up today, actually, uh, on Thursday about... Um about uh, it might just be a breakup, but like they're, oh, right. they're working with uh, what it's like to work with George Lucas. So. Yeah, the the guy who I, I'm spacing on his name, the guy who is um, that was the voice actor who voiced Darth Maul. Um, they interviewed him, and and he talked about what it's like to work with Lucas. And you know, I I know some folks who have worked with Lucas over the years, and and I think I think people. Um, you know, don't always jive with his style. There's some people really love to work with him, and there's some people just don't don't like just don't jive with his style. And I yeah. think that was the point of this one. So huh. check that out. Check out Rebel Base. It's uh, it's something that uh, that uh, we do every week. Um, I want to uh, switch gears now uh, to comic book movies. Uh, I thought we had started. We somehow. did because League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go back to comic book movies now. Uh, got some stuff to talk about. Chris Pine. Reportedly up for the role of Steve Trevor, the boyfriend in Wonder Woman. I think this is actually a great move for him <laughs> yeah. because you can get be part of the uh, uh, you know a big comic book franchise, and you don't have any of the burden of having to wear the suit and all that stuff. Like he's like Bill Clinton now. <laughs> That's right. Let's <laughs> do what I want. <laughs> um, the first man, uh, uh, but he also he has a you know you know he's kind of joking around with somebody that you know he could I think I posted this on Twitter but like you know he had been rumored for Green Lantern it's like no way are you putting me in that stupid green outfit in the <laughs> rain okay how about making out with Gal Gadot you're on Done. deal deal I'll yeah. do that I mean it's <laughs> I, I don't see this as a uh, I think this is win-win for him. Yeah, it's, I think it's a great move too, and and I think it's good for that movie. I think he's a great actor. It's funny he just is like collecting franchises, you know. Like, yeah, to see what'll stick. I yeah. mean, Jack Ryan, yeah. all that that didn't really happen. Um, yeah. But he's he is better, I think, when he's in an ensemble or in a supporting role. I think he's a great. I've seen him on stage several times. He's a great actor, uh, but I think you have to look at how the audience responds, and when he's had his own thing, his own movie. It hasn't really clicked with people. Yeah. Uh, but when he's part of a larger group, whether it's Star Trek or Into the Woods or whatever, you know, it, it works better for him. So I think, you know, not having to necessarily carry the franchise, it's a good move for him. And even if Wonder Woman tanks, yeah. it's not going to be on him. Which I don't think it will. And yeah. I'm actually getting really excited to see what that movie is going to be about because yeah. it will be cool to see... You know, I think we were going to get a good look at at those folks in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. But it's going to be it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how how they put this movie together and and 
what you know what comes of it. It's it's a like big what, opportunity. What uh, what era is it is it set in? Because Steve Trevor, if you guys don't know, Steve Trevor was a military officer and sort of like a, I don't know if he was like an attaché, but he was he worked with Diana Prince. Mm -hmm. And if you saw ever saw the old Linda Carter TV show, oh, uh, yeah. he was the guy played by Lyle Wagner. <laughs> Do you know Lyle Wagner made a fortune after Wonder Woman? All those trailers that the actors in movies use, the, uh, the uh, Star Wagons with two Gs, oh, that's yeah. his company. Star Wagons, really? That's him. Oh, Lyle the actual Wagner. trailers, not movie trailers, but movie trailers that yeah, people yeah, the, sit the in. Actual, yeah, the actual like uh, RVs that everyone uses for crews and, oh, yeah. and actors on the sets of movies and TV shows. That's his company. He's made a yeah. load off of that. If like, you, you live know, in L.A., you, see, um, them you see them everywhere. If you go onto a studio lot, there's probably like 10, 15 of these um, yeah. trailers sitting around. So like, yeah, he made he bank must have, on that. He must have taken his Wonder Woman money as like, you know what? get some RVs. Yeah. And you know like um, the interesting thing about LA, it doesn't happen as much now. They, there's a lot there's a lot less shooting here than there used to be, but yeah. um, when you when you drive around LA every once in a while you'll see basically one whole block of like uh, trailers and movie vehicles yeah. and then you see some storefront totally blocked off with lights over it. Well, you know what also is amazing? I've never once Knockwood never once sat in traffic because of a movie shoot here in LA. Oh, Never been stuck Strange, in a street right? closure. No, you go to any other town, and yeah. it's like it just. My my aunt, God bless her, she called me up from from back in Boston, and she's like, telling me what it's like to be on the set of a movie and everything. <laughs> and, and, but it was so sweet, and she in the the film in the movie with the Rock and Kevin Hart back there, and uh, it was awesome just to get the point of view of somebody who has never been home before. It has yeah. no, and it was really, and it was cool, but. You know, she was struck at just how disruptive it was and the yeah. traffic it creates and everything. And I just think it's amazing that LA, I've never once been stuck in traffic yeah. because of, I've been stuck in traffic because of street closures for premieres. Yeah. Oh, yeah, never, yeah, for sure. Never for an actual making of a movie. They know how to get it done here. Like, you'll yeah. they'll park on the side streets. The streets are big enough, too. Yeah, you, you, you have a lot of, like, you know, action happening right on, you know, right on sidewalks. But... Um, you can get around, and I think it's just because we've had a lot of practice in dealing with it. Yeah. Um, another note like that, my um, one of my cousins lives in, I mean, all, all, a lot of my cousins still live in Wisconsin where I'm from, and they were shooting Public Enemies there, the Johnny Depp movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it was up in, I think, Oshkosh or Eau Claire, one of those places. Um, and th they were shooting at a bank, and essentially, uh, she said that almost the entire town showed up to watch it being shot because, you know, and that it's a big town. It's not like yeah. a small thing, but it was like the biggest thing going on. Um, and everybody was just kind of like well, trying they, to... Because they did. I remember a lot of those sequences. There were a whole, like, you you know, Michael Mann doing his shootouts and stuff. You, you, he probably closed off like six blocks. Oh, for sure. Know, so. And then, you know, imagine just a stadium of people around yeah, there. Um, and awesome. they said that like everybody... Theater. They said that Johnny Depp was really, really gracious and stayed around he is, and, he is and a really talked sweet to all the guy. fans. I've met him. About, I hope Australia doesn't throw him in jail for 10 years because of the dogs thing. I don't think they will. I think, I just, just fight him. You know, I we mean, get it. We get he shouldn't have done it, but move on. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not like he's some nefarious dog smuggler and he was trying to really get over on somebody. He, he wanted... has some people have been joking. He has played a smuggler for the last ten years. So. But he wants, you know, like I, I get it. Like he wants dog. his, he wants his pets there. Like it's your family, you know. But they do have. Yeah. It's the law. Their I, ecosystem. I don't think he went about it the right way. Yeah. At yeah. all. 
But, but um, we also don't, don't know what sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff may have happened with like government officials, and they look, and now they can't say anything because they'll be like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think it's I think true. I think Disney will. Uh, Somebody's gonna get some uh, passes to the premiere, and I think this will just go away. <laughs> I love that, and that's how easy it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, hey, we'll uh, let you sit with Johnny. You wanna, we'll, to, uh, you wanna go to Disneyland? We promise you won't bring his dog. Disneyland, it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I love that. That's like now they're like some that that are if Johnny Depp gets thrown in jail, those Hemsworth brothers better watch their asses over here and never get caught with anything, because we're gonna hold them hostage. We got Thor. We'll train you. We want got your Thor, Thor back. You give us Jack Sparrow. You know? We're also keeping that kid for Point Break for no reason. <laughs> exactly. He actually doesn't want to go back. No. Uh, talking about Point Break, we 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 got the new trailer this week. We did a rewind on it up on the site. What what'd you think of it? Um, yeah, so we didn't really talk about it in the actual Rewind Theater. I was like... Yeah, we didn't really editorialize on what it, we thought of it's it. It's kind of my same opinion from when I first saw that story. It's like, why are we calling this Point Break? Yeah. Like, I understand it's like similar characters and even kind of a similar plot. The same plot. names, I mean, Bodie and Johnny Utah. But why are we calling it Point Break? Other than that, like, I think there's nothing to distinguish it really from like people's love for Fast and Furious. Really, and it's you know. so amazing well, that's because not true. Fast and Furious, and we've talked about this before, I know Roth and I have at least, that you know, Fast and Furious, the first one, was a ripoff of Point Break. Mm, yeah. We mentioned this in the rewind. Yeah. And, and then it became kind of its own thing over time, and we love the Fast and Furious movies, but the first one is essentially exact same plot as Point Break. The thing, the thing that I think is really bothering people is that they love Point Break and I love Point Break. I almost actually put it in my top 10 movies of all time because it's so rewatchable and so much fun. But I, I feel like if you divorce yourself from that name and those ideas, it still looks like it could be a fun action movie. It's just this ridiculous on the same level as But here's the thing, other a, stuff. a friend of mine pointed this out. He's like, the reason why he loves the original Point Break is it knew it was camp. Yeah, you yeah. know it 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 had tongue in cheek. It took itself somewhat serious, but it this one doesn't. It, this one is played so seriously. Yeah. I'm like, dude, your name is Johnny Utah, and you say the line, "I believe the suspects are like me, extreme athletes." <laughs> you know, and he says it with a straight face. You know? I had the same feeling watching the Point Break trailer as I did watching the Matrix trailer, and I don't think it was Keanu Reeves in common. I think it was that. I didn't expect to like the movie at all because I was just like, oh man, this is going to be cheesy. I don't know, but yeah. I want to watch it anyway. It's going to be cheesy. And then I went to see it and I, I, I loved both of those movies on first yeah. viewing because they're just really well done, good action movies. Um, and, and actually, I think the story for Point Break is fine too. Like I think it's like, yeah. it got some interesting elements. This one... And it had Gary Busey. This one does not have the same soul, I'll say that much. Yeah, it just, just it's, it seems so self-serious and gloomy, and I'm like... But I'm not willing to write it off either completely. I, I, I feel like their overreaction is due to the fact that it's called Point Break. Yeah. And it's like, I've enjoyed other movies that have not lived up to the original, like things like, um, I don't know, things like... Even some of the horror remakes that we were talking about last week is like yeah, like Fright Night. I, I love yeah, the original. Yeah, exactly. That's actually a great I, I like analogy. The set, I, I like uh, I like Fright Night uh, remake, but the thing that's always stuck in my craw about this is that um, they they really screwed up the relationship that was yeah. central to the original movie. And it wasn't the kid and the vampire; it was the kid and the and the 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 the, the Roddy McDowell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that was the thing that that worked for me. And they didn't really 
get that in the in the remake. But and I it, like the remake. I think know. that was in the writing. I don't think that was in the performance. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just like they didn't set it up the right way. But yeah, if you can kind of like just admit to yourself that it's not Fight Night. Or yeah. Fright Night, Fight, Fight Night. Night. <laughs> That's something else. If it's, you can admit to yourself it's not Fright Night. It's just Fright Night in name only. Yeah. And I think that was a lot of people's hang-ups with why they didn't like the second movie. Because the second movie is fine as a film. I think it works well. I think yeah. it sets things up beautifully. Did you ever see Fright Night 2? I didn't. One, I, I, I've, I've, seen, seen it, I've seen scenes of it. Where his, uh, the, the, the villain in the first movie, you know, spoiler, he, he dies. He's a vampire. Um, Vampires don't die, Jim. His sister. Yeah, they do. His, I think it's his sister is the the villainess in Fright Night Two, so it's basically the same thing except now it's she it's a, actually this parts of it works as a segue because it's a, segue. a female villain, uh, a, basically it's kind of a switcheroo but the same story. We're gonna segue now. We're gonna talk about some uh, comic book movie casting. Yep. That got some chins wagging this week. <laughs> like and, this. And and uh, let's start with just. The, the basic news, and then we can talk about it. Uh, first was that Andrea Riseborough, who you might know from Oblivion, uh, has been cast as Top Dollar in the remake of The Crow. Now, Top Dollar in the original was a was a guy. He was played by uh, Michael uh, Wincott. Awesome. Oh, yeah. He's that guy with that voice. Love that, that guy. Kind of looks like Dennis Larry. Nah, thing, he's you know? awesome. Um, and uh, and then the Shouldn't other, he just be in everything? He was awesome. He's one of those <laughs> actors I would love to meet sometime. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but... Um, Andrea Riseborough is going to play a, a female version of Top Dollar. Well, now we also get word that Tilda Swinton, the one and only Tilda Swinton, is in talks with Marvel to play the Ancient One in the Doctor Strange movie. Now, the Ancient One in the comics, if you don't know, he was an elderly Tibetan male. Yeah. And now he's going to be this sort of uh, uh, eccentric English white woman. Yeah. Um, and this has got people, yeah. and I and I did bring this up myself to fess up to it um, on Twitter. You know, there, there's obviously, and Michael B. Jordan keeps addressing this because he keeps being asked about it. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's African American and he's playing Johnny Storm, who's traditionally a white character. Mm-hmm. We've got a long history of like uh, just switching up the race on a, on, on, on a, a character and casting. I mean, Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin, you know, goes on and on. But it's also, <laughs> flip side of that is if you're whitewashing a character. Now, on one hand, it's, I, I think she's a great pick for the character, but I do get conceptually uh, why people are upset about casting her in what could have been an Asian male role or an Asian female role. Yeah. But let's face it, that character, Ancient One's got a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's that. There's, you know, it's a lot to unpack because there's Marvel, like, distancing themselves from what they might have done in the past, you know, yeah. with, with certain characters, certain ethnicities, you know. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm not just singling out Marvel here. It could be anybody. This has happened, you know, across I mean, the board in movies. It's a product of its time, which was not, certainly not as... Uh, politically correct or, or even uh, particularly conscious of how people should be treated. I think there are certain, you know, like I, I, I think um, there are certain things where, you, you know, 
there, there's certain ones that you kind of are like, well, I, you know, you, you don't want to make Akira necessarily with all white actors. That yeah. just makes no that's sense. That's the problem a lot of people have with Ghost in the Shell. Too. Yeah, so Ghost in the Shell, it's, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before. Ideally, you would want that, that character to be, you know, represented by an Asian actor. But I think pragmatically, looking at it just from a studio perspective, like, and I'm not, not putting a value judgment on what they should or shouldn't do, you know, sort of morally or ethically. Right. I'm saying from a money perspective, you're going to cast Scarlett Johansson if she's willing to do it, yeah. you know, because she's been proven in Lucy, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Should you cast an Asian actor? Probably. It was, you know, that's yeah. how the character was conceived. Now this one, the ancient one, it's, it's an interesting one because it's kind of like Sam Jackson being cast as Nick Fury. You know, you take an African American man, cast him in something. It was used to be like an older At least white it was, male character. Uh, there was a precedent for that with Ultimates, and it's that true. You, you could you could cull from different things. And yeah, you know, and for fans, it's like, well, it was in the comics, so suddenly they're okay with it. But this choice is interesting too because of what they did with the Mandarin, yeah. um, and and that's what makes it a little bit more complicated. I agree. I think Tilda Swinton is a good choice for this character if you're going to go that way because yeah. she is um, she's slightly androgynous. You know, she she's very ethereal, she seems very timeless, very ethereal. She's been cast in uh, numerous roles like this yeah, before. I mean, she was the white uh, the white witch in the Narnia movies, and she actually, I mean, the closest thing is that she played Angel Gabriel in Constantine, right? In the movie Constantine, not the show. And she, you know, I feel like she um, it easily sort of. Uh, slips into male roles where it's like that, you know, if you're going to do a gender swap. You hardly have to rewrite the script. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, it's like she she can sort of like a chameleon into any role. So I think it's like. Yeah. It's, you believe it's good her of person. not being of this earth, too, because she's right. one of the strangest cats out there. And, and I mean, didn't I love she that like about, sleep I love in that a about glass her. case or something? Like, yeah. I mean, come on. It, it, she She does seem to fit in that world. And I'm sure she'll find like a very cheeky tone for the character. However, to kind of get back to the larger point, it's it's also, you know, it's, it, Marvel is in kind of a no-win situation here. Because, okay, yeah. if you do it, if you cast an Asian male and you just keep it to the comics, that is a stereotype character, the wizened old Asian mentor. Batman Begins kind of got away with that a little bit and how they switched up Ra's al Ghul. Mm -hmm. Granted, again, spoiler, Ken Watanabe was playing like a, a, a phony... I actually thought of Ken Watanabe for this because he I think was he, up for it at one point. He brings that he brings that sort of like middle ground, you know. Yeah. It's not like the stereotypical, you know, you know, long Full white beard thing, yeah. kind of thing. He he is, you know, sort of like a good a good character to put in roles like that. Um, I, or a good actor to, to they, put in roles like that. They were looking at male like, actors before. I was it was Watanabe, it was Bill Nye and Morgan Freeman, and I'm glad. I I, I would prefer to see Tilda Swinton. I guess my uh, my initial thought was that there are so few roles for women of color in, in any movie, let alone these huge tentpole movies, that it just, you know, it just, it is, it's kind of like half the battle won. Mm -hmm. Okay, an actress got a, a major role in a big Marvel movie and she's a great actress and everyone loves her and but, <laughs> but she's white. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I mean, Marvel. There was really no way to, to win this. I mean, unless, like I said in the you, beginning, you I think, cast, I guess, an Asian female actress. You know? I just think there's a lot to sort of address in that in that thing, and I think you know, I, I, I think they they 
would do well to you know try to cast things um, yeah. according to their creation. But when you're dealing with things like how that character has been portrayed in the past, or if that character was created as a stereotype, like yeah. that, that is problematic territory. And then you do maybe want to switch it up. So right. I can see why they're doing what they're doing. And but I, I agree with you. I mean, I think everybody wants to see. Um, well, I mean, maybe not everybody, but I think people want to see more, yeah. you know, more, uh, more diversity, diversity in, in that universe. Now, uh, another interesting bit of casting will be if the character of Juan, uh, because he was, uh, um, you know, he had basically, uh, he was an even worse kind of stereotype in the early comics. I mean, that he's a manservant, first of all, is how they say it, and he was dressed like uh, a coolie, like the guys who worked on the railroads back in the day. And, and so the, the 70s Doctor Strange movie, actually there's a little bit of a precedent for how they're doing it with the Doctor Strange movie now, in that they made the ancient one basically more of a, um, a Merlin type, in that, right. and it was a British actor, I think it was John Mills, and, uh, and uh, they made Wong, very contemporary Asian American guy who was more of almost like uh, the the partner to a cop, if you will, like he suit yeah. and tie, and and like I think that's an interesting way to go. I, I think they probably will do something like that, and I think you know probably that you know hopefully that'll make this um, a little more you know like I, I think they have to treat that character with respect, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know this is going to happen more and more as things get adapted from eras where. You know, cultural sensitivities were not really yeah. in place. Like, you're always going to have to make these value judgments. You're going to have to the say. Green Hornet kind of went through that too. I mean, yeah. I know it's not a beloved. And, and they movie, did it well, but, actually. Yeah, the but they Green did Hornet. Handle that whole thing. The Green Hornet would be a great thing to look to it, it, as to how you handle the Wong character. Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like they, they got it right. And actually, I think that movie's pretty good. Like, yeah. it got a lot of hate for really, you know, for like the main casting. I think choice. it was the fact that Green Hornet, too, was just. It, it had been talked about for so many years because of all the delays and yeah. just, it, it kind of its troubled production history. That by the time it came around, people were like, "Okay, let's just get it behind us." Uh, Honestly, but, that movie and the Spirit, I feel like, were movies that nobody was really asking for, uh, and then they sucked. just and then they just dragged out the production for both those movies for so long that by the end you were just like, "Okay, show it to me." Okay, yeah. fine, I'm gone. I did right, a set for the, visit for the Spirit back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, even on set. We're like, "Oh God, what's going on here?" <laughs> but but see, I got to see Sam Jackson rocking a chinchilla coat. Well, I mean, that's all you need, really. Within feet feet of him. We want to know what you guys think of the casting of Tilda Swinton. Well, it's not set in stone yet. She's in talks. Maybe it'll fall apart for different reasons. But what do you think about Tilda Swinton as the ancient one? Maybe they'll cast Melissa McCarthy and then, you know. Everyone will be happy. (laughs) Everybody will be happy. Um, But also just the the gender switcheroo of these uh, villains in The Crow and, uh, and, well, not villain characters but you know I mean the gender switcheroo of these traditional male characters and just overall your thoughts on on uh, how Marvel how do you think they're handling this yada yada let us know in the comments all things Doctor Strange keep it here on IGN uh, I just want to rattle off some news items real quick because uh, we're almost out of time yeah, Suicide there. Squad has my god there's the gift that keeps on giving in terms of just set <laughs> photos yeah uh, Batman on set We've yeah. seen him on Looks top good, of the, by the, way. the Joker's car. There's a chase, and today we got more photos. Joker and Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, Batman, 
Joker, Jared Leto, all together in one thing. I, I'm pretty sure that's not Ben Affleck daunting. That's a stunt double. Um, that suit looks so good to me. Really, I, I think, you know, maybe I it's because it. it's the stunt suit. It didn't look quite as, like, polished looking as the, the Affleck one. I think it will, up. though. I mean, I just and love And I think they're CGing the that. cape for certain. He yeah, they have the dots on shots, the cape. And, yeah, I think they, they want to do something dramatic. But, yeah. um, but it's just amazing to see Batman, Joker, and Harley Quinn all together on screen. Don't you imagine David Ayer when they are like CGing that cape? He was just like, ah, oh. like I think he, I think he <laughs> well, just. Well, he gave a shout out to like he loved the the real world kind of filmmaking. I think he hates that he has to do that, but you know, yeah. so if you want dramatic like fabric effects, you're not going to get it by yeah. just relying on the wind. And also, I mean, you know, there's probably a practical reason for that too. We all did see The Incredibles. I mean, you want your stunt guy to get caught in something. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, true. There goes that. Uh, uh, they are uh, reportedly going to make a Transformers origin movie. Oh boy! Possibly called Transformers One and set on Cybertron. Now the fans have been asking That's for cool. a Transformers movie set on Cybertron, and this would be from the guys who rewrote Ant Man on set. So, what I'm, do you think about uh, uh, a Cybertron movie? I like that idea. Actually, um, I, I've said before, like I don't know how you make it work necessarily I think you do need a human element but I think the well I think they will need a human element to yeah. go to Cybertron um, I don't think you can set I don't know that you can set a whole movie on Cybertron guys I think we find a transformer planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, we'll see I mean I, I I really like the idea of a prequel you can kind of like put yourself away from all the other movies yeah. and say like you know, I, I, what's funny about it is I think my hopes will be up again. You know, like know. my hopes will know. be up once again. I'll be like, well, maybe this is the one, guys. <laughs> this is it. You're like Red Sox fans way back in the day before <laughs> they started winning. Before they started um, dominating everything. This is, uh, uh, and then some other news. The remake of Stephen King's It has lost its director. The guy who was doing, who had done the first season of True Detective, uh, uh, Carrie uh, Fukunaga, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was... Uh, I, I, just, I'm terrible at pronunciations, uh, but uh, he's yeah. off the movie. He left the movie. That's too bad. Too. It sounds like it's it could either fall apart or could keep going. Maybe at Warner Brothers instead of New Line, uh, they're the same company as the parent company. But then they were also saying because Poltergeist did okay this weekend, um, but it had clown on all its marketing and the fact that it wasn't like a, a huge hit. That may have scared them off of being like, well, they tried selling it with a clown and nobody It's would. not Pennywise, though, to be honest. I mean, Pennywise is the clown. Yeah. So I think they'd be okay with that. And I think there's a, still enough name recognition with it that they, yeah. could, they could do it right. Right. Um, and theatrically, you know, like yeah. theatrically, I think that's the big point of this is w there hasn't been that yet. So, like, yeah. I think they could. There would be two movies, apparently, one following them as kids and another one following them as adults. Um, some other news real quick, uh, Alicia Vikander, uh, Vikander, Vikander, uh, sorry, uh, to, from Ex Machina, yeah. she is, uh, so good in that movie. up for, um, roles in both Assassin's Creed, uh, which starts filming uh, in a few months, and then, um, Born 5. Oh, nice. And Hasbro and Paramount want to do a live action version of Beyblade. And I be honest, I know nothing about baby. I mean, it's one of those. It's 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 like another one of those sort of like, um, I don't know. Thanks. It's kind of like a yeah. It's like a, 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 a like anime kind of inspired sort of Japanese game card game yeah. thing. So what you're telling me is they're gonna be all white. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so then everybody will be in the white in All that right, cast. There we go. Um, and then finally, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's a planned trilogy of the Harry Potter spinoffs. The following actresses are said to be up for roles for the uh, 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 female lead of Queenie. The contenders include Saoirse Ronan, who you know from uh, The Host, and she's been in Atonement. Bar- Atonement. Um, Hannah. Uh, Dakota. Yeah, Hannah. Great movie. Uh, Dakota Fanning. I don't think I need to yeah. tell you. Who needs no introduction? Um, and then Lily Simmons and Allison Sudol, who's also a musician, hmm. um, as Queenie. And then for Queenie's big sister, Tina, uh, Elizabeth Debicki from from Great Gatsby, Catherine Waterston, who you would know from Inherent Vice, great mm-hmm. in that. And then Kate Upton, yeah, supermodel that's the, Kate Upton. That's the left field one for me, um, just because it doesn't seem like traditional sort of Harry Potter universe casting. They're going to be, they're going to, I, I believe uh, this one takes place in America. Yeah. So, well, you, you know, like the, in the original Harry Potter movies, it was all British actors, period. Yeah. That's it. Well, Kate um, Upton just doesn't seem like she's, I mean, she's Kate Upton. Yeah. I, I, I think that takes you out of the movie a little bit, to be honest. I think... Um, and, and you know, not no rip on her, but like I just feel like she's one of those people who's like, that's Kate Upton that I'm looking at, and no matter what she is, yeah. she's you're just looking at her as her, you know? It's like, there are certain stars like that now, yeah. and I feel like Johnny Depp is becoming one of them where all I'm seeing Although is Johnny Black Depp. Mass. I know, Black he mass. looks really transformed in that, which I, is good. I, I, I can't wait for that one. Uh, well, we wanna know uh, what you guys think about all these movies that we've talked about. Um, I don't know if we necessarily have time for reader email, but maybe just one. Uh, <laughs> we have no time, but we have we'll no do it time, anyway but I'm because we do love it anyways. you. Uh, because I feel bad, like the, the Superhero Show does a great job of reading people's emails every week. Oh yeah, that's another show you should check out, Superhero yeah. Show. Awesome also, show. Also from our UK counterparts. Take a look at that. It's, that uh, Daniel Kruper is, is uh, great on camera. Yeah, and he's also a psych- in, like, encyclopedic in terms of knowledge of yeah. uh, superhero stuff. So it's him and uh, our buddy Chris Tilley, who's been on this podcast before. Um, so check that out. That uh, that's also, also goes up on the weekends. Jason writes in... Um, you know, talking about all those Suicide Squad leaked photos and everything. And uh, he's like, isn't that on the studio, uh, isn't that on the studio, Warner Brothers, to have better security? Whatever happened to closed sets, are they deliberately trying to leak out this access because they don't have the faith in the movie versus something like Batman v Superman? I just think they don't care that much. I think, like, it's free publicity for one thing. And the other... Sure as hell has And it's been really working. Um, but beyond that, I, mean, I, I think it's just David Arrow wants to shoot this in the streets. And yeah. as much as you want to close the set, you're not closing the streets. It's yeah. just, it's I mean, really, it, really you tough. You can't do anything about people in their office buildings with their iPhones out. I mean, Absolutely the same not. thing happened with Dark Knight Rises. There was a lot of the Bane stuff and the, and the, the even the, 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 the bat wing or what, what did they call it again in the Dark Knight Rises? It wasn't bat wing. I don't know. It should, be, should have been called bat It was just, yeah, it had a name. I can't believe after covering that movie every <laughs> friggin' day. I can't remember the name of that. But, you know, we even saw that on wires and, the, you know, chasing the tumblers. Um, so I think it's it just, it yeah, it's not bad publicity to just say, hey, Batman's in our movie. Not only that, here's the thing. Most of this movie is going to be set indoors, I think. Yeah. And, or much of it, I should say. I don't know. I, I don't 
don't know much about the movie, but you got to think they're going to go to Arkham. There's going to be stuff in there. Set at a street festival. (laughs) (laughs) But this might be it. You know, when when they're done shooting in the streets, we'll have seen all this stuff, and then it might go dark for a while. And and I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a treat. Actually, you get to see this movie being made. It's not spoiling so so much. I do wish though that they would at least release some more official photos. Then so you know we only really have two or three official photos from the movie. One of Deadshot, one of the entire cast, including Harley Quinn, and then of course the Joker shot. Yeah, that the Joker I'm shot. That already we, sick of. Yeah, this we've is seen the only enough. thing we have of them to, that yeah. we can officially use. So I really feel like if you're going to have this much leaked stuff, please start putting out like a, a, a official high res images that look better, right lighting, right poses. Um, yeah. But I got to say, it's just it's cool to see Batman, Harley Quinn, and Joker on screen doing stuff. To know? Jason's point though, I, I feel like maybe um, maybe other studios are going to look at this and say if we're if we're shooting in public and we feel confident about what we're shooting, then this doesn't hurt us at all, you yeah. know. Deadpool, I don't think it's hurting Deadpool. I think it's helping Deadpool. Yeah. It didn't really hurt the Avengers. There's a bunch of stuff that leaked out off, off of that set. Even Cap Civil War. You know, I think uh, Civil War, I mean, I'm more excited about Civil War after yeah. seeing some of the leaked stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, you might see this happen more. I mean, we talked about whether we like it or not. Um, I, I personally, I'm like, if the movie is good, it's not going to matter. It's not yeah. going to matter at all. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to know more of your thoughts uh, on, on everything uh, movie related. I don't really care what you had for lunch, but uh, <laughs> keep it at real at IGN.com. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, again, uh, we usually post these on Fridays. So if you like the show, if you're new to it, Come back every Friday for Keeping It Real. For all things movies, keep it here on IGN.